Welcome to Alger Assembly of God, and we do welcome you to the day after Christmas. Now, when it comes to the day after Christmas, uh, looking out amongst you, uh, maybe if you're watching or listening online, there's probably a number of different reactions to today, the day after Christmas. Some of you are going, finally, (laughs) it's over. Christmas is over. Today's the day after. And we don't have to do this again for another 364 more days. How many of you, that's your, your thought or feeling right about today? we got, got a few of you. On the other hand, some of you are just gasping in horror. You're saying, it's over? Already? I mean, we've been preparing for weeks and for months and Christmas is over. The, the meal's over. The, the decorations, the, the presents have been opened. And then you stop and you think, but only 364 more days until we do it again. How many of you are more of that kind of person? You, you just can't wait for Christmas. A mixed bag of reactions. Obviously, we as a people, uh, probably you and your home and your family, we as a culture, have prepared for Christmas for what? Months. I mean, it was probably not too far after school started in August or sometime around September, you start seeing Christmas decorations. Almost about the same time as the Halloween decorations and candy, you started seeing Christmas stuff pop up, right? And for sure, uh, you know, Hallmark and their Christmas movies began in October. I think once Hallmark starts the movies, Christmas movies, that's official, right? Official Christmas season. So at the very least, two months, maybe three months, and then you're getting your trees ready, uh, you're, you're decorating the house, maybe playing music. There are so much to plan and prepare. And then I don't know what your Christmas day or Christmas Eve or Christmas week looks like, but you no doubt have had some time with family or friends or you've gotten together with people from work, and so there's a, a lot of variety of the Christmas week. For us, uh, we had kind of a, a several faceted approach. Uh, Christmas Eve is pizza and presents. Extended family, uh, we head over to Gary and Sue's. It's pizza and uh, presents with kind of the, the extended family. Christmas morning, then, it's just us. It's Kim and I and Autumn and Brooklyn and, if you saw the pictures on Facebook, Shadow. Shadow was there as well. And so uh, in the morning, we, uh, we have our time. Uh, we, we go to God's Word. Uh, we had a little devotional. And, and then just, just get into our presents for one another. And then Christmas uh, dinner then in the evening uh, as our extended family. We gather back together at Gary and Sue's. And so that's kind of what our Christmas Eve Christmas looked like. But the meal and the presents and all of that, that took a lot of planning and preparation. And now it's the day after Christmas. And so some of you are saying, it's over. And some of you are saying, oh, it's over. Whatever your thought is, uh, certainly here at Alger Assembly of God, we've not had a Christmas message yet or a Christmas series. I often do that. And I explained last week, uh, we've been kind of working our way through Nehemiah, the rebuild series, and uh, inviting uh, some guests and trying to squeeze in some missionaries to be a blessing to them and to our calendar. And so that kind of extended some things. So today, the day after Christmas, is the Christmassy themed message. 
And so as we prepare for Christmas, here's one of the passages that we would typically get to. And so I invite you to turn with me in the Word of God, Luke chapter 2. If you've got uh, the Bible app on a phone or a tablet, you can find it there as well. Uh, But this is the scripture passage that we often get to. Matthew's gospel, Luke's gospel present us with parts of the Christmas story. And so Luke chapter 2 reads like this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Pause right there. It seems like every time you see an angel in Scripture, that tends to be the first thing they say. Uh, You know, it it would be overwhelming for us as a human to see this this powerful angel, this powerful being. And and so they say, do not be afraid. But they follow up with more instructions. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now, maybe you read that as a part of your family Christmas, or at the least, I would hope sometime maybe during this last week personally in in a time of personal devotions or uh, just reading of God's Word, you looked at perhaps Matthew's gospel or Luke's gospel here, and you read about Mary and Joseph, and baby Jesus, the, the angels, the shepherds, the wise men. And so you, you look at all of this, and all of this lead up, all of this preparation, even spiritually preparing for Christmas. And Thomas Tusser puts it this way. Christmas comes but once a year, and with it comes the glitter and gaiety of the Christmas spirit. But what of the day after Christmas? When the presents have all gone from under the tree, the festivities have ended, and the family has dispersed for another year. What then? Or I might pose to you and I, not what then, but what now? Or now what? Every single one of you have got something kind of bouncing around in your head based on yesterday. Yesterday was Christmas. 
And whether you had just kind of a, a small gathering of just you or a handful of family or a household full and loud, Christmas is over, and today's the day after Christmas. So now what? Now what? Now what do you do about your Christmas tree and light? So let me just ask you real quick. How many of you have already taken down your Christmas tree? Okay, no takers. How many of you will take down your Christmas tree this week, as in before New Year's? Handful of you. How many of you wait till after New Year's, but maybe it's that week right after New Year's? Still a handful of you. How many of you leave it up like well into January? How many of you are just not voting? That's, that's what we're getting here. How many of you, how, let's, let's do this anonymously. How many of you know somebody, wink, wink, not you, but you know someone, a family member, a friend, a coworker, or that neighbor down the road who leaves up their Christmas lights all year long, right? Okay, so but we know some of that. Everybody's got a little different thought when it comes to after Christmas. What do we do about our tree? What do we do about our decorations? What do we do about our lights? What do we do about all the, uh, all the boxes that the presents came in or the, the wrappings? Uh, uh, maybe that's all kind of thrown into a garbage bag. What now or now what? So today what we're going to do is we're going to continue reading in Luke chapter 2. Because what we've already read tends to be that common biblical story. But we're going to read these next number of verses to see what happened next after Christ was born, after the baby came. Now what? Then what? As we take a look at these next number of verses in Luke chapter 2, we're, we're going to find a number of after Christmas actions for you and for me. Today's the day after Christmas. Yes, it's not that traditional. We're waiting for and leading up to Christmas, preparing. It's the day after. So what are some of those actions for you and me? First of all, after Christmas, action number one, I believe we must share the good news. Now, how many of you, uh, you have already shared the good news of one or more of your Christmas presents with somebody else? Right? So you've got, you maybe have that group text, or you call up a friend or a family member on the phone, and, and maybe it might be a little bit more uh, when you were younger in, in life, perhaps, uh, where, you know, as, as a boy or a girl, we're all excited about uh, what we unwrap and open up. But when we have good news, when we unwrap good presents, whatever that might be, we tend to be excited and love to share it. Maybe you're wearing a, a, a new article of clothing or you've brought a new piece of technology with you. Whatever the case might be, you're excited. You can't wait to share good news about what you opened up. Spiritually, though, we are to share the good news about Jesus. I mean, Christmas is just yesterday. The good news of Jesus coming to earth for you and for me, that's good news we are to share it. Take a look back to Luke chapter 2. Let's continue where we left off and look at verses 17 and 18. It says, when they, speaking about the shepherds, had seen him, speaking about Jesus, they spread the word. 
concerning what had been told them about this child. Verse 18, all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Listen, these shepherds were not official evangelists. They did not have business cards. They didn't have a microphone and a traveling sound system. They were shepherds. Shepherds were not necessarily the highest rung of society. Uh, They were more on the lower rung. Not the greatest as far as how they were well thought of. They weren't thought of the, the greatest. They were outside taking care of smelly, stinky sheep all day. And most of them did not have the greatest reputation of being trusted. And yet the angels came to them, shared the good news. They went to see the baby Jesus. And afterwards, what did they do? They spread the word. They wanted to share with people what they'd seen. They wanted to share with people what they had heard. You see, the good news that the shepherds shared, the good news that you and I have to share, the good news is about Jesus. We read it in verse 10. The angels talked about good tidings of great joy, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You want to talk about good news? That's good news. Yes, I trust that you had a nice Christmas and opened up a gift or a number of gifts. And and whether it was extravagant and expensive or simple and thoughtful, I trust that you enjoyed it and that you were you're just excited to share it. Maybe maybe you got something from a a grandchild and 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 it was something that they, they they worked on in craft time in school. Right. You got some of those little uh, little decorations or Christmas tree ornaments. Not the most valuable as far as dollar signs, but super duper valuable as far as sentimentality. And, and maybe you took a picture of it. Maybe you posted it on Facebook. Maybe you called up somebody. You were excited to share your gift. How much more should you and I be excited to share about the good news of Jesus Christ? The good news is about Jesus as has been on our sign this entire month of December. And thanks, Larry, for helping us out with that. It put this, the greatest gift of all was delivered in a manger, not a sleigh. You want to talk about good news? That's the good news. Yes, it's good news that hopefully we opened up something nice, and hopefully you've shared it with someone. Look what so-and-so got me. Look what so-and-so made me. That's great. But the day after Christmas and beyond, let's not just be focused on sharing the good news of presence. Let's be focused on sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news is about Jesus, and it's for you. It's for me. Did you see that? As the angel spoke to the shepherd that says, I bring you news. A Savior is born to you. You, and this is going to be a sign unto you, you will find the baby. The good news, Jesus is for you, and you, and you, and you, and you, for me. The good news is Jesus, and it's for you. Now, we often get wrapped up in John 3, 16, and that's truth as well. For God so loved the, say it good and loud, God so loved the, sometimes we get so wrapped up in the world, we forget about the personal you. 
God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. If that doesn't describe good news, I don't know what does. So the good news is about Jesus, and the good news is for you. The question is, what will you and I do in responding to it? Now, if you've already responded to Jesus in the past, you've got that living relationship with Jesus Christ, then we are to then share that good news. If you've never heard about or never responded to the good news, that can be a part for what you can do this Christmas. The good news is about Jesus. It's for you. It is for everyone, right? The shepherds went away on Christmas, and it says they spread the good news. I mean, can you imagine being a shepherd? You're outside all day, and you're hanging around nothing but sheep. And angels show up to you. That in itself is pretty amazing, right? I mean, angels showing up to us, and not just that, but then sharing where to go and how to see this, this child, this baby, that's the good news. And they make their way to and see Mary and Joseph and the baby. I mean, you want to talk about something out of the ordinary? You want to talk about a memorable day? You've probably had some of those. Maybe it's the, the day of salvation or memorable day of a, a wedding or of a child being born or of, of a first day of work, etc. But can you imagine angels showing up and then imagine making your way to see the baby? They've got something to share. It says they spread the word concerning all that had been told them and all who heard it were amazed. Probably on a number of different levels. Amazed that it's the shepherds sharing it. Amazed that angels happen. Amazed at this baby. I mean, they were just fully amazed. But the good news wasn't just for the shepherds. The good news wasn't just about Mary and Joseph and the baby. Yes, it's for you. But it's for everyone. It's both. It's not just for everyone. It's for you. And it's not just for you. It's for everyone. That is the good news. Now, we might use a term called evangelism. It simply is the term about sharing your faith and, and sharing the good news with other people. You and I can witness. You and I can evangelize. Very simply put, we can share. We can share what we've seen. We can share what we've heard. We can share what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. That's the good news. You can share your story. Sometimes we, we get a little, a little gun shy, a little hesitant to say, I don't know what to say. I'll just, I'll just tell him to go see my pastor. That's his job. It is. Not just me, though. Right? That's for all of us. As a Christian, we are to share the good news. And so it's, it's not just that we say, um, Boy, what do I do or say? We can share what Jesus has done in our lives. Here's what my life was like before salvation. Here's what my life was like before Jesus. And hear how he's changed my life. That's good news. That's a testimony of what God has done in us. So right now, before we go any further, I want you to take just a moment. In person, watching or listening online. I want you to think about someone that you could share the good news of Jesus with. 
could be a classmate, could be a coworker, could be a family member, could be a neighbor, could be somebody in the community uh, that you interact with on somewhat of a regular basis. It could be somebody you just bump into. But I would venture to say there are a host of people that we know, that we interact with who don't know Jesus. And what do we do as an action the day after Christmas and beyond? We share the good news. So get that person in your heart. Get that person in your mind. And not just today, Sunday the day after Christmas, but this week after Christmas, maybe this month after Christmas, any time of the day, any time of the year can be a day to share about Jesus, share the good news. So after Christmas, action number one is share the good news. After Christmas, action number two is this, remember the reason for the season. Now, there's all kinds of reasons and all kinds of joyful opportunities of the season, right? For us, uh, there's a, a handful of things that we've kind of focused on. And, and for us, this was the first year in our marriage we bought a tree. Oh, didn't that, thank you. That was cute. Now, back when we, uh, when, when we met and were dating 1999, I was a single youth pastor and associate pastor. And I know it would shock you to know that as a single youth pastor, I did not have my own Christmas tree up. I know that just shocks you that a young guy in his 20s would not have his own Christmas tree in his apartment. Because my thought process was something like this. Hey, it's just me. I mean, I can go to church. I can go to all kinds of places to have a tree. I don't need one in my apartment. It was just me. So I met Kim, and, and we began dating. We met at family camp, and... And it led up to Christmas, and she asked if I had a tree. I, I kind of chuckled. I said, no. And we would, we would meet typically once a week on my day off, and, and she came to Galleon, and she had bought a tree for me. Got some ornaments and, and uh, found some, some lights. I think we, I think we got some hand-me-downs, got, got some that, that others weren't using. And we, we put this tree together in the apartment. Now we got married the next year in 2000, and for years, that was our tree. In the apartment, in the house, and into Lima, and here into Alger Assembly of God. And then a number of years ago, uh, my mom, uh, we went, you know, we had many times visited her for Thanksgiving. And uh, she just said, you know, it's, it's just a little, little too much to do. So uh, she'd had it for many years, and she wanted to pass her tree on to us. And so she gave it to us. We, we fitted in our uh, SUV and drove home and set it up. And, and we chuckled when we got it set up because the tree was about this high. And uh, we kind of laughed. And we, we had the girls stand next to it and took a picture and sent it to mom. And she called back just dying laughing. She forgot to send the big piece. <laughs> so, I didn't remember it being a four-foot tree. It was actually a seven-foot tree, but that, that bottom piece. So... Uh, she was able to get that to us, but we used that for then years and years. And then, yeah, mom had used that for years. We've used it for years. And how many of you sometimes see more of your tree on the carpet than sometimes on the tree? And so, so we went and we bought a tree first time. So, and we, we put that up the day after Thanksgiving. 
So that was a part of our preparation. Sometimes, you know, a big part of the reason for the season, you have the tree up. And now we, we still kept uh, the old faithful tree from the very beginning. That was our second tree. So we, we did put that one up as well. But when we put the tree up, then we, we listen to Christmas music. How many of you do that? So probably eight or ten years worth, uh, I've put together a Christmas CD. And I'll, I'll scour and find some of the, uh, the, the standard Christmas songs as well as some uh, you know, unique songs, similar to the one that we shared earlier, and make a CD. And then we would play that uh, the day after Thanksgiving when we put our, our tree up. And then that CD would be in the car, and, and we'd almost wear that out. So you know, some of the, uh, the humorous ones over the past years, uh, how many of you remember a number of years ago, Duck Dynasty was big? They had their own show. Uh, they put a song out with Luke Bryant. I think it was called Harry Christmas. Have a Harry Christmas and a happy, happy, happy new year. I put that one on there. And then a number of years ago, uh, I think Taylor Swift had a, a Christmas uh, album and uh, just a really neat song called Christmas Must Mean Something More. So we, we find some unique ones and, and we would play it. Now these last over years, uh, it's been more of a Spotify playlist than a CD. But, you know, we got the tree, we got the music. And then uh, we mentioned last week, but how many of you are big time Hallmark Christmas movie people? Got a number of you. So these last few years, I'd make a printout for Kim, and then I would make it my goal and my desire to help her watch as many of them as possible. Now, I will admit, I didn't get to watch as many as she did, but we, we've got most of them checked off this year. That's a big part. Again, it starts in October, and then sometimes, you know, all the way through into December. That's, that's just a, a fun part uh, of, of leading up to Christmas. And then as we prepare for Christmas, um, you know, we also invest time and effort into preparing a code for our girls. This has been one of those things uh, began maybe accidentally. I don't remember exactly. We've done this for quite a few years now. You know, when your kids are little, you know, pretty much it's, you know, we'd walk up and down the aisle of Walmart or Toys R Us and you could, you know, you could just grab anything off the shelf and they're going to love it. They're just little kids. And as they, you know, you kind of know what they are because they're interesting shapes and boxes and you wrap them up. And so you just kind of give them in a particular order. Well, uh, one year, I, th I think the very first time we did it, Kim wrapped all of Autumn's presents in one wrapping paper and all of Brooklyn's in another wrapping paper. We think, going back in the memory, that it was blue for Brooklyn and, and red for Autumn Rose, but it was something like that. But no names, no tags on them. And then, you know, we had to kind of let them figure out which ones were theirs. And, and then that kind of turned into, uh, we put, you know, Autumn 1 and Autumn 2 and, and everything like that. But all of the ones tagged Autumn are really for Brooklyn. So they went to open and we said, nope, that's wrong. Switch presents. They're looking because they had their eye. You know, they, they look at the sizes and shapes and, and they had their eye on something. And and pretty soon, year after year, we'd find a different code. Now, last year's, I admit, was super-duper hard. But this year, we, we, we got a little spiritual. We, we used some of the books of the Bible, and we found some names of, of individuals hidden within some of the books of the Bible. So things like, you know, easier ones like Gene and Matt and Josh, but other names like Aria and Bree. 
Tim is a little bit of an easier one, but we put all of these names in the order from, you know, Genesis to Malachi and Matthew to Revelation. No names, no autumn, no numbers, but we had a code. And they cracked the code. 1230, I think they, they stayed up late on Christmas Eve, and it, it was this illumination. They cracked the code. Now, this, this year, we, we did something. We called it the levels of chaos. We had a little bit of fun with them. And so we said, you know, levels of chaos. Level one is just opening them in order from, you know, one down through to however many gifts. And, and we've got an order, and you just do it right in order. So level one is really no chaos. Level two, uh, you can order, you know, gifts one, two, and three in a row. And then after that, whatever. And level three, we'll take those first three gifts Open those and then the order, and then after that. So we had some fun, kind of thinking up a code. I don't know what your Christmas season has been like. Ours has been about codes and gifts and movies and tree and music and meal and family. But if we're not careful, we can focus so much time on all of these things we forget the reason for the season. And it's more than just a clever bumper sticker or saying. Jesus is the reason for the season. Take a look at Luke chapter 2, verse 19. It says, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds had just left. They'd come, and she's pondering and treasuring, treasuring and pondering. Interesting words there. Treasuring is kind of the idea of counting things up, almost like you're making a list not to forget. How many of you like to make lists? So she's, she's treasuring almost as if she's making a list and thinking about all the good things that God's done. Pondering, it goes a little bit deeper, understanding what it means and why it happened. No doubt she's thinking back. Zechariah and Elizabeth and John the Baptist and remembering what the angel Gabriel had said to her and reflecting how Joseph responded when she said she's pregnant, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe she was thinking back to that long and difficult journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem or thinking about the events of Jesus' birth and the surprise visit of the shepherds, but everything she's treasuring, everything that she's pondering deals with Jesus. It's all the, the prophecy leading up to Jesus, the angels speaking about Jesus, the, the shepherds are coming to meet Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. And if we're not careful, we could have spent so much time leading up to Christmas that our after Christmas action is to think about all the other things other than Jesus to reflect on all that new music perhaps we listen to, to reflect on a new tree or new decorations or gifts that were received. So the after Christmas action is making sure that we remember Jesus. He's the reason for the season. C.S. Lewis wrote it this way. He said, we don't need to be told new ideas so much as we need to be reminded of old truths. Reminded of old truths. It's the day after Christmas, but Jesus is still the reason for everything that you've celebrated. Everything that, that we've celebrated this past week has to do with Jesus. We had family together. Well, we're, we're focused and centered around Jesus. We're giving and receiving of gifts 
Ultimately, we're remembering Jesus was that greatest gift given, greatest gift that you and I can receive. The meaning of Christmas, the reason for the season is Jesus. He came as a baby ultimately to live and to die upon the cross for you and for me. Story said this, a a wealthy European family decided to have their little newborn baby dedicated in their enormous mansion. Dozens of guests were invited to this elaborate affair, and they all arrived elegantly dressed. After depositing their coats on a bed in an upstairs room, the guests were royally entertained. Soon, though, the time came for the main event, the ceremony of the infant. But where was the child? No one seemed to know. The child's governess ran upstairs and returned with a desperate look on her face. She did not find him. Everyone searched the house frantically. Then someone recalled seeing him asleep on one of the beds. He was found on a bed all right, beneath a pile of coats, jackets, and furs. You see, the object of their celebration was forgotten, neglected, and almost smothered. And if we're not careful, that very same thing can happen in your life and in my life. That the object of our celebration, Jesus, the reason for the season, if we're not careful, can get lost, forgotten, or neglected. We can get so focused on the meals. We can get so focused on uh, the time together with family. We can get so focused on the gifts and the presents and the trees and the songs. We lose track of what it's really about. It's about Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. All the songs are pointing to Jesus. Now, certainly, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer, not terribly spiritual. Well, let's just get that out of the way. But so much of the songs and and so much of the emphasis about Christmas, it points to and it reflects on Jesus. Let's make sure the day after Christmas and beyond that we remember Jesus is the reason for the season. Finally, today, after Christmas, action number three, I want to challenge you and me to return different than before. Return different than before. Listen, at some point in time, every single one of us will return back to what you might call normal life. And we say those with quotes, right? What is normal? But those of you who are students in school, you're going to return back to school at some point, (laughs) Uh, unfortunately or fortunately. Maybe you've got another week of school break, but you're going to return to school. Those of you with a job, maybe you had a day off or a couple days off, or maybe you've got a handful of days, whatever. At some point, you're going to return back to your job. Some of you uh, maybe are returning back to your family, or your family is with you, and they're returning back home. Eventually, at some point, we kind of return back to what we call normal. The question, though, is how are we going to return? Check out Luke chapter 2, verse 20, as we read about the shepherds, it says this, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds returned, but they were profoundly changed 
by what happened. Shepherds out in the field with their, with their sheep, and they're reflecting on the angel. They're reflecting on Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. And now they, they're sharing the good news, and they're returning back to exactly where they were before. The difference the day makes. Out with a bunch of stinky animals, and then, well, you're still with some stinky animals, but there's Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus. And now you're heading back to what seemed to be your regular day of life. But notice where they did the praising, where they did the honoring, where they did the glorifying. It just simply says they returned. It's implying they returned back to where they came from. Now, it does not say in Scripture that they went to the temple, that they went to the house of God to glorify and to praise. Although, how many of you know we can do that in the house of God? We can honor and glorify and praise Him. But it says that they, they simply returned. They went back to what they were doing before, honoring glorifying and praising God. They had seen this baby Jesus in the manger, but now they're ready to get back to work. I'm going to submit for you and I, it's time for us to return back to work. It's time to return back to things as normal, perhaps. But hopefully you and I will not be normal. We will be different than before. I mean, at some point, yes, we're going to take down the tree and decoration and lights, some sooner than others and some later than others. Soon enough, you're probably going to utilize or use some of those gifts. Some of you might return some of your gifts. Some of you might even re-gift your gifts. If so, we won't tell. But eventually, after Christmas, everything kind of gets back to normal. The, the house kind of gets back to normal. Uh, for some of you, like for us, where we put our tree, we have to kind of move some of the furniture around. We'll get the tree out. The furniture is going to kind of go back into its normal state, right? Things look and feel a little bit more normal. But will you and I be the same, or will we be different because of encountering Jesus? Listen, it's not just on Christmas Day that we encountered Jesus and we were reminded about him coming to earth and ultimately how he lived and how he died upon the cross for us. The goal is to be changed. I would venture to say today, the day after Christmas, there's still going to be some Christmas-type movies, maybe another day or two. You might still have some leftovers. You might still have some Christmas cookies that aren't completed, aren't all eaten up. But eventually, this week and into next, things are going to go back to kind of normal. The question is, are you and I going to return different? The shepherds returned different than before. They were still dealing with some stinky, smelly, cranky sheep. But boy, it was different. They've encountered Jesus, baby Jesus. The Lord had spoken through the angels to them about good news. You and I might head back to what seems normal, and in some cases it might be a challenge what, quote, normal life is like. But I want to encourage us. Let's return different than before. Knowing that, that God, through his son Jesus Christ, has touched and impacted and changed our heart and life. Many people say, maybe you've said it, oh, I wish we can just keep this Christmas spirit all year long. 
Sometimes when people talk about Christmas spirit, they simply just mean the, maybe the songs, the music, decorations, the cookies. The greater truth of Christmas, though, it's Jesus, the reason for the season. And that truth about Jesus hopefully will stay and reside in our hearts all year long. Let's return back to what might be seemingly normal, but let's return back different than before. The shepherds saw Jesus. They encountered and experienced Jesus. Have you encountered and experienced Jesus this Christmas? Maybe to, to take time out in your, in your personal time of devotions and reading the Bible or praying and leading up to Christmas, or a time spent with your family, or even today, the day after Christmas, to pause and to reflect and, and spend time focusing on Jesus. I invite us to do what the shepherds did. We head back to what will soon become our regular routine, but we'll do so different than before. We can honor and glorify and praise God because we have encountered and experienced Jesus Christ. The encouragement of the shepherd says, return back different than before. Remember Jesus, the reason for the season, and encourages us to share the good news. 